The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's a local attorney and certified information privacy professional. She's the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, From Victim to Victor, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. She's testified many times in Congress and the California Legislature on privacy and identity theft issues. And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash Privacy Piracy. Hey, Mari, what's our show about today? Well, today our show is about all sorts of privacy and security issues, and we have a very, very, very talented and wonderful man joining us, Michael Peters. He serves as a corporate security and privacy executive, researcher, author, and information security consultant to the international business community. Michael holds an executive juris doctorate in cyberspace law, and he is a, an MBA from uh, in IT management. And he has his undergraduate degree in IT security. And then he has all sorts of designations, which means he's passed all these tests and have gotten, has gotten all these certifications as a CISO and so many more things. He is definitely a security expert. And as we've talked about before on this show, you can't have privacy without security. And so it's so important that we learn about this. Michael's also an entrepreneur and innovative innovator behind the Policy Machine, your personal CXO, and the IT Audit Machine, the Security Trifecta Policy, Survival Guidance Series of Audit Protocols, and the globally popular Holistic Operational Readiness Security Evaluation Project, and the acronym is HORSE, so we're going to have to ask him about that. And he's the author of multiple books, including his most recent book, The Security Trifecta. And he's also written thousands of social networking, professional networking syndication, and all sorts of features and articles. And uh, I think that's how I found him. And he's also on LinkedIn. So I saw all the wonderful thing. He has a cyber um, cyberspace law is one of his specialties and privacy and just everything. He's just incredible. So we're just really thrilled to have him. And you can find more about him on our website while you're going to see his picture and his bio. And we link to his blog, which is michaelpeters.org. So, Michael, we're just thrilled that you're joining us from Arizona this morning. Oh, it's my pleasure, Mary. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, and it's Mari, by the way. It's Mari. That's okay. People call me Mari, Marnie, Maria, whatever. But, but I'm thrilled that you're joining us, Michael. So first of all, tell us, but I saw all those uh, CISSO and CISSP. What are all those things anyway? Could you go through them and tell me what they all are? So aside from uh, alphabet soup? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, really, those are um, uh, security 
uh, IT security, IT risk management, uh, forensics. There's there are industry certifications, and uh, you know people in the business. It's you know it's it's one of the things that uh, that folks do to uh, you know to provide assurances to employers or to clients. Uh, you know that the individual has certain capabilities and certain skill sets and whatnot. And my you know my career field has been focused on information security and consumer you know protections and and things of that nature. So you know those uh, certification acronyms reflect that. Yeah, I know it's very important, and, and it's you know I have my JD, my my Esquire. And my CIPP, which is the Certified Information Privacy Professional, but I'm just really impressed and I, for my audience to know that that is a lot of training and a lot of certification. And this is a very challenging field of information law and information security. It's, uh, it's a very challenging time with all the cyber threats. So, you know, we have a lot of small businesses that drive by. We're on the campus of the University of California, Irvine. We have a big business school and an MBA program. But we have a lot of businesses going by. And small businesses find it really difficult to hire full-time qualified security representation. So I'm sure you see this, too. So I, I know you work for this company called Lazarus Alliance. What is Lazarus Alliance and other companies doing to help these small businesses? Well, that's uh, that, that's a great question. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, that I have found throughout my my career is that, fundamentally speaking, uh, all organizations have very much the same needs. Uh, if, you know, information technology is very similar. You know, it's just size and scope and and type of business that uh, is conducted. But um, you know, one of the big differentiators, of course, is you know, when it comes to smaller organizations, is of course uh, being able to afford some of the the fundamentals, like you know, hiring security practitioners who are are you know are, are qualified. Um, you know, to make matters worse, uh, you know, when I hear uh, you know some of the statistics from say you know the uh, the federal you know educational system and their career projections and whatnot. And you know they're projecting shortages uh, of of students coming through you know our academic programs, the universities, who are focused on uh, technology. You know, and to make matters worse, security is a niche uh, of of that discipline. So you know it it becomes a real challenge, uh, you know, to find qualified people, let alone you know be able to afford to to hire uh, you know this this scarce resource. So, you know, given that uh, sort of conundrum, um, one of the things that uh, I know Lazarus Alliance is doing about it, and, you know, there are other firms that offer, uh, you know, similar, similar types of services, but we, uh, we have something that we refer to as your personal CXO, which you could look at it sort of like a timeshare in a, in a way. It's basically... Uh, retaining the services. It's very similar to how an attorney is retained. Um, you know, my company retains the services of uh, an attorney. We don't have one full-time on staff, but, you know, we, we you know, we retain a piece of, <laughs> a piece of an attorney. Right. So it's a very, very similar situation there. 
So it's a way to outsource and not have to pay somebody full time, but to be there to um, as a consultant for them to get them going. Because I'm thinking of you know even some of these small mom and pop uh, internet businesses have a lot of data, a lot of important security data, you know, and sensitive data that if there's a security breach, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. So it is really important to have somebody at least even if you can't hire your own full time to to be able to share and get a consulting on a consulting basis. So I think it's a great idea. So, um, you know, every we're, we're talking about the, the concerns and why you would even need somebody. We're hearing about security breaches all the time. And, you know, I know for consumers, they pretty much feel overwhelmed. Small businesses feel, seem to feel it's totally overwhelming to, you know, to do follow all of the guidelines of, you know, security practices for, so they don't get fined by the Federal Trade Commission, so they don't have to you know, disclose breaches that could cost them a fortune. So um, you're, here you are, a security firm, you're, a, you know, the head of this. And uh, what trends do you see in the industry in terms of dealing with security breaches? So, you know, one of the things that uh, it's pretty obvious, I think, uh, I think anyone who, you know, pays attention to the, to the news uh, outlets, uh, would probably see this as well, but when we hear about cyber, uh, you know, breaches, cyber crime, uh, these tend to be perpetrated by, you know, by organizations. Uh, you know, we hear about, um, you know, criminal, uh, you know, syndicates. We hear about state-sponsored, nation-sponsored, um, you know, uh, hacking and and cyber crimes. Yeah, we you just know, we just recently heard about the Russians, right? The, the, that right. they had taken right. literally what is it, millions and millions of passwords. I mean, even I didn't hear anything from my bank, but I immediately went in and changed my passwords. Well, that was that was certainly the smart thing to do. But absolutely, you know, we uh, you know that's that's probably the most recent thing that we've heard of. Uh, but these are organizations. You know, they're not. They don't tend to be single entities anymore, like it used to be. You know, these these groups, uh, these collectives of cyber criminals, um, you know, they're in it for profit. And you know, the way they achieve that is by, you know, harvesting information by collecting your email accounts and passwords and information that you know about yourself that you post on social media and friends and family and things like that. All of this information is useful to a cyber criminal who is developing, you know, their purpose is to develop effectively a profile on you as an individual so that they can, you know, later go back and, you know, steal from you, you know, harvest uh, other information, you know, transfer, you know, money from your bank account and, and just whatever. Yeah, and um, they they can even you know. sell it. I mean, if they're getting literally millions and millions, they they can make enough from just a couple million, and then sell the rest of the information, sell the profiles to somebody else, right? That's right. And there are uh, there are you know underground channels uh, that you know some of which have been very well profiled in you know journal uh, you know journalistic type uh, outlets. 
Uh, and then there are, you know, some companies that specialize in the identification of these underground uh, black market channels, uh, you know, where your information is bundled up in, in packages for sale to, uh, to anyone, really. Yeah. So, you know, it's this organization that, you know, that's, that's been a longstanding differentiator between, you know, effectively the good guys and the bad guys. Is the bad guys, you know, they they run these rackets, they run these these organized uh, groups. So that's one of the things that is really changing, uh, you know, as as you know, through necessity, really. Yeah. But what we're what we're finding are that a lot of organizations, uh, some of which are you know purpose built for for this function, but uh, you know it, it used to be almost taboo. For you know, one chief security officer of a company to even have a conversation with uh, you know one of their equivalent uh, you know an equivalent role at some other organization, like it was you know it was taboo or something like that. Yeah, you but wouldn't want to share if you had a security breach. I mean, you wouldn't want to share that embarrassing information, right? right. Especially right. if it was a competitor. But now that's changing, right? It's it's changing because you know we you know the industry the you know the uh, business is realizing that you know there's an awful lot of common denominator type uh, elements out there that that you know the how these breaches are occurring there's a lot of fundamental security practices that you know it doesn't matter what business you're in it's it's all fundamental uh, you know to technology and it's you know it's perfectly fine to share that sort of information with you know it, it you know as an individual you know I realized that you know I I don't I don't have all the answers I don't you know I don't know all the answers but you know collectively we certainly do so you know by this by you know by implementing a, a collaborative uh, process we're no longer isolated from you know the, like the way that we used to be. So in doing so, you know, we're able to, in effect, level the playing field against the, you know, these cyber criminals. And, and then I think the, the beauty of that, aside from just, you know, getting ideas from each other, but you also get to see trends and you might say, hey, we're getting this weird thing. Are you getting that too? And that, that openness and that collaboration together is you can, you can help law enforcement as well. So that's uh, right. that, that's a great way. But how about the dirty insider? You know, we hear about that all the time. Somebody who gets a job in your company and then sells information or steals information. What about the um, the challenge that you have? I know you're a chief information security officer. You've done that for several companies. And now you're the CEO of Lazarus Alliance, you know, which is also an IT security service firm. So... You know, that's a big scare, too. Besides the guys that are over in, you know, the Eastern Bloc or China or wherever who's stealing stuff on a a major scale outside of our country, what about the dirty insider? So that's that's an interesting, uh, interesting topic. Um, You know, and uh, and one of the things that I've you know, been uh, been part of is effectively the evolution of information security within the organization. You know, 10, 15 years ago, uh, it was all about, you know, the, the perimeter defenses, the, 
you know, the moat around the castle, if you will. Yeah. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, the, through, you know, through trial and error, through maturity, through, uh, you know, various, uh, you know, experiences. Uh, <laughs> yeah, various experiences, right. Uh, you know, one of the things that we have learned is, um, you know, it's really all about what we define as our core business assets. It's all about effectively a risk management uh, strategy that we take. You know, it's uh, it's data that uh, you know that cyber criminals. And when I say cyber criminals, I'm gonna I'm going to include my trusted insiders who, you know, are, are doing bad things. Right, uh, you right. know, aren't stealing from us or or uh, you know things of that nature. But even if you know, even if it, you know, an employee or a trusted insider doesn't have malicious intent, they can still make uh, innocent mistakes. That, yeah, they could be negligent. You know, right, right. That's right. That's right. So if we take a data-centric view of our IT universe rather than a, a peripheral, you know, peripheral approach, what we do is we effectively are applying very similar uh, tactics, treatments, remediation, you know, compensating controls, if you will, uh, around the same information, around the same core business assets. So it doesn't matter if I'm a complete stranger, if I'm a, an employee, if I'm a cyber criminal. It doesn't matter because I am I'm applying those same uh, fundamentals to, you know, with a data-centric risk management type of an approach. So no matter what, I've got my basis covered when I take that approach. So let's talk about some of the things, because we have business people who are driving by right now who maybe do have to outsource. Maybe they, they're not thinking like that, or they have uh, someone who is not that uh, experienced. And we want to talk about like some of the things like access control, who has access to the information, um, how do you basically segregate the more sensitive from the less sensitive? Those kinds of things. What are some of the other things that that we have to think about in terms of being a holistic approach? Sure. So I have a, a bit of a, a philosophy as far as uh, IT security and, and you know in taking that holistic approach uh, that I refer to as. The Trifecta, and this is something that you know I write about frequently. Um, but really, what this involves, you know, and, and one of the you know one of the drivers for you know for the the labels for trying to organize this is I recognize that you know information security, privacy, cyber law. I mean, there's there are so many facets that that you have to think about. It's enormously complex. So one of the things that I have tried to do, you know, over the course of my career is, you know, is, is to take something that's very complicated and distill it into meaningful, discrete little pieces that are more easily digestible. I love it. So, <laughs> that's yeah. great. That's what, so, that is what needs you know, to be do done. You eat an <laughs> elephant, right? You know, one bite at a time. So, well, especially, I mean, you're the CEO now, but if you go to companies where the CEO is not security, you know, trained, you have to do it that way or you're not going to get the money and the resources you need for your department, right? Absolutely. I've, I've experienced this both, you know, uh, from the consultant side where I'm trying to, uh, you know, 
provide services to an organization like that, but also as uh, an employee, as like a chief information security officer. You know, I have to make a business case. Right. So I have to convince folks like the CEO or the CFO that, you know, we need to do certain things. So, you know, along the way, uh, as you might expect, I've devised, you know, ways of, of being successful. So, you know, taking that approach, uh, you know, this security trifecta, and, and really it's about three discrete types of activities that, you know, in a cyclical type of a fashion will cover all of the bases. But we all start with, uh, you know, our governance activities. You know, these, these are things like your policies and procedures. It's, uh, you know, the laws of the land or regulatory compliance type drivers. But these are the things that, that you know, really set the pace uh, for what we have to accomplish. The next leg of this security trifecta is really all about technology. Well, how do we take technology? How do we leverage that to enforce our policies and enforce our laws and requirements that we, you know, that are imposed on the organization? Uh-huh. How do we do that with technology? And then finally, uh, we have effectively a vigilance uh, leg of the security trifecta. And really what that's, uh, you know, what that amounts to is it's things like auditing, testing of these controls, uh, you know, fixing, you know, or closing gaps where, where we discover them, awareness training for employees or partners, things of that nature. But, you know, we do this, and, you know, the objective is to, as much as we possibly can, without negatively impacting uh, legitimate business needs, uh, continue to raise the bar on security and privacy within the organization. That's really uh, what it amounts to. Yeah, and you know, sometimes I see myself when I do consulting, I see that of your trifecta, I see that there is um, a lot of emphasis on the first one, you know, and and this, you know, the policies and setting up policies and having somebody write them or or just, you know, adopting them from someone else. And then I see them trying to use technology, but where they seem to really fall down is in the training. That's my experience. I don't know if that's your experience too, because if you have all these great policies, but no one knows how to implement them and no one is making sure that they're being followed and no one is training new employees or contract employees or not making sure that everybody is really understanding and fulfilling those, then it's all worthless, right? That's that's right. You know, if if you uh, you know set out on a road trip uh, and you don't know where you're going, well, <laughs> how do you, you know how get to there. get there, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So you know, the, the the business of security and and privacy is you know I look at it very much the same way. Absolutely, you know, the policies uh, and procedures that really establishes you know the the foundation for our security program. You know, and then we have to plan out the rest of our route so that, you know, we know how to get to point A. And you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, it's it's easy to write a policy, relatively easy. Um, you know, it's relatively easy to throw technology, uh, you know, at a, uh, at a problem. But, uh, you know, the human factor is really, you know, the... There's where more variable will, will enter the equation than anything. Yeah. You know? Yep. By and large, people want to do the right thing, I think. Um, so, you know, it does help to, uh, you know, provide, uh, you know, meaningful education to help enlighten, you know,
know, enlighten your, your team members on, you know, why we're doing this and how they can help. And, you know, it should be a, a, a it should be a, a collaborative process, a teamwork process. You know, I depend, you know, as a consultant, I depend on these very same subject matter experts, uh, you know, to help educate me on, you know, what goes on in their company. How do, how do they do their job? Right. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not going to suggest that I have all of the answers when I go in. So, I try to take, you know, it's a bit of a good bedside manner, if you will, but, but you know, it's this collaborative uh, team, team, you know, effort. You know, we're all, we're all in the same boat here. Mm-hmm. So it really behooves us to work together and, you know, share, share the knowledge, share the information. Uh, you know, somebody, you know, somebody, if, if I bring it, you know, to that person in, a, in an approachable sort of a way, Either through training or through some sort of consultative process, um, chances are they're going to share something with me. You know, they're they're the subject matter expert uh, in their particular, you know, piece of the equation here. Yeah. So I mean, it's just it's just it makes so much sense to me. Yeah. You know, when you're talking about the human factor, I have seen in a lot of organizations they buy this great software that's supposed to train. You know, and I myself, when I, I, you know, I have to take certain training when I teach at the universities, I have to take these trainings and all this stuff. And I think there's a lot lost when it's just technology training through you answering online. I think there is still something, the human to human factor, either with a video where someone's training you or in person is even better. But that's my experience is that um, the, the training you know, when somebody's sitting at the computer and they're taking the training, I don't think it's, it's as effective as if they're really doing um, interactive with a, a live human being because this is human stuff, you know? And that's this, right. So that's my experience. But, you know, I wanted to ask you, here you are, um, you know, you've had a lot of experience as a chief information officer, and we're sitting on this campus, and you were just talking about that there's going to be a huge shortage of uh, technology uh, professionals and security professionals. And so this is a great thing is if students are listening in here, then, you know, and graduate students, then this is a great thing for them to learn. So can you tell us what is the most difficult aspect of your job? I think, um, you know, while there are lots of challenges, particularly as a, a, a corporate CISO, uh, you know, there, there's there's lots of challenges. Some are, you know, politics. Some are just, you know, the the business at hand. But I think I think one of the uh, one of the toughest things that you know that I have experienced along the way really comes when uh, you know you have maybe ethical uh, ethical issues, uh, particularly you know within the the upper ranks. You know, the people with with power, um, you know, the more highly regulated uh, the business, you know, the more uh, audits and 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 uh, you know requirements that are placed on an organization, you know, those those rules are put there for a reason. And I mean, you know, laws come into <laughs> into being typically because something went wrong once upon a time. So, you know, there's there's a fix for it. So, you know, there there's Unfortunately, there's always this tension uh, with people who do the right thing and people who 
want to do questionable things. And, you know, as especially in the role of a CISO, um, you're traditionally not always uh, appropriately placed within the organization. One of the things I mean by that is traditionally uh, the CISO would report up through, say, a chief information officer, up through technology. Well, you know, the very nature of uh, a CISO, you're effectively an enforcer. You're sort of like uh, the cop, you know. Uh, yeah, the <laughs> but, bad guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, yeah. So, you know, you're responsible for uh, testing and auditing and, you know, putting in controls within the same organization that you belong to. So it's it's really an instantaneous conflict of interest. Yeah, it's, it's so, kind of tough. Yeah. But we are just out of time, so there, I just want people to be able to go to your blog. So why don't you give that, and it'll be time for us to go. Well, it's been my pleasure, Mari. Um, Anyways, my blog is uh, michaelpeters.org, and uh, certainly on LinkedIn, and I don't make a secret of uh, where I've been or who I am, so I'm, I'm, I love it to, you know, when I can connect with people out there and That's great. be a mentor or, you know, a colleague or collaborator or anything like that. So. Yeah, and we can uh, have people get a hold of your book, The Security Trifecta. Thank you so much, Michael, and we'll have you back again. Stay in touch, okay? Thank you very much, Mario. Okay, bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. and visit our website at KUCI.org slash privacy piracy. Thanks. Stay private. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.